Okay. Uh, Zivon did not like it. <laughs> no, just let, just shoot from the hip. Okay. Okay. Hello, and welcome back to Famous Last Words, a filmmaking podcast. Uh, a making of films podcast. A podcast about films. Oh, yeah. a podcast about making. <laughs> and um, watching films. <gasps> we, of course, are Andrew and Teresa, a... Andrew and Teresa Alden. Married. Married, not related. By blood. By blood. Are you be... getting sick of this bit? <laughs> uh, yeah, if we get if we get 100 more people to subscribe to the podcast, uh, we will we'll come up with a new bit. Yeah. But until then... Sorry. You're locked and loaded. <laughs> Much like our movie this week. Oh, wow. Great segue. Everyone here is the best there is. Who the hell are they going to get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, a.k.a. Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. So we are, of course, talking about 2022's greatest film, Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> well, that's a bold statement. <laughs> I mean, of movies that came out that year, that's my it's my statement. I'm sticking to it. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's just get this. Let's get the elephant in the room out of the way. Andrew's uh, elephant. In a- the room. Andrew's elephant. <clears throat> Top Gun Maverick, according to IMDb, has a 8.3 out of 10 according to 560,000 people. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once has a 7.9, according to 412,000 people. You just couldn't wait to look that up. I, oh, I, was, I was actually surprised. <laughs> um, now, is Top Gun my complete bag of tea? Uh, you know, my complete bag of tea? <laughs> <laughs> Cup of tea? Cup. Bag of... Tricks, bag of donuts. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, no, it's not, and it's and it's pretty heavy-handed. Oh yeah, I mean, pretty heavy-handed, pretty jingoistic. Uh, but if we've never talked about this movie on the podcast, but it's a movie we both really like, Ford versus Ferrari, which is also one you get. I get like double takes from people when you say that. Oh yeah, but this Top Gun Maverick, like Ford versus Ferrari, they know exactly where to put the camera to capture the action in a really striking and amazing way. And I feel like there's never a moment in Top Gun where you're like, oh, why is that shot in there? Yeah. No, they certainly know what they're doing um, in every aspect. Like, the the really heavy-handed stuff is there on purpose. Like, it's meant to be that way. And then, yeah, the screenplay is pretty formulaic. Um, but, you know, they execute really well in what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, the movie is incredible visually. I mean, I, I don't know that this one... Here, let me just quickly see if this was nominated for... Um, it won for Best Sound, which totally deserved because the sound mm-hmm. was amazing in this movie. It was not even nominated for Best uh, Cinematography. Mm. And I thought the cinematography in this movie was amazing. They used wide-angle lenses. I mean, it's really simple. Wide-angle lenses inside the plane so that you could see the landscape moving so you get an idea of the speed because oftentimes... They were flying, not at like Mach whatever, mm-hmm. but they were flying very, very fast. 
so that they could feel the weight and like you know yeah tom cruise say what you will about tom cruise but like at this point in his career he is a craftsman and cares so much about every detail because it was all him i mean he insists on this kind of like training of the pilots of the actors to be like pilots and like so they can actually feel the g-force make it as real as possible and people will go back to theaters and lo and behold they did Mm -hmm. i'm guessing that i mean we didn't see either of these movies in theaters but i'm sure if you said did you go to a movie yes last year in 2022 was it top gun or was it everything everywhere all at once most people would say yeah it was one of those movies yeah that's true i bet both look spectacular on the big screen unfortunately we didn't see either but (laughs) um but yeah i think you know tom cruise is pretty intense which is what makes him it's a you know a good thing and a bad thing but in the sense like his intensity makes for good filmmaking and he had a great performance and um it was really fun to see a movie like top gun in the present where we have so much better computer generated graphics and just tools all of the tools of filmmaking have exceeded (laughs) expectations since the late 80s so it was really fun to see a top gun type movie in all the the flashy glory (laughs) a lot of flashy glory yeah (laughs) um the movie has problems like in the screenplay primarily is like it ends twice or three times or four times. <laughs> like it sets up a noble sacrifice, but they don't take it because mm-hmm. um, it'll be really interesting to me if Tom Cruise dies in the Mission Impossible movies because the next two are supposedly the end of it all. And um, it'll be really interesting if, the, if, you know, the guy's coming up on 70. It'll be interesting if he decides he can make the noble sacrifice in those movies. Like, because he didn't. You know, spoiler, Tom Cruise doesn't die in this one. Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of think he's going to, the way the whole narrative of the movie is set up. Do you think they leave it open for Top Gun 3? I thought about it, but they would announce they would announce it right away because he's old. Mm, he's not that. I don't think he's close to 70. He's just 60. You, you think so? I huh? feel like that is the case, but you can fact check me. I'm fact checking you. Okay. Because, I mean, I still don't know if they're going to do a third one just because... That would be a lot. Um, and what, what story are you going to do? Because they've already done the same story kind of twice. <laughs> right, right. I but mean, they've made a gajillion Mission Impossibles. Okay, so, so he's 60. I on, knew it. On the, on the, he'll be 61 in July. So he's got a decade left in him. He was born Maybe. on the 3rd of July. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I think that... You know, something that's really interesting to me about Top Gun is, like, it plays on your expectation and never subverts them, ever. But for me, I mean, you didn't like this movie so much, but I, I, I was into this movie. Like, I was just like, you know, and when he takes the hit so that uh, Miles Teller can live, you know, like, I was like, oh, he did the thing that, like, you expect him to do. No, no, nothing was subverted, but, like, he did it. And when he does the like, he gets kicked out by uh, by Donald Draper, out of the you know by John Hamm, and he like illegally takes the plane off screen and like does the thing in like point five seconds faster than the the floor, the the slowest mm-hmm. speed. It's like you know like you're into it. That was probably my favorite part. I really like that part because 
Yeah, you know it's coming. You're like, oh, someone told him not to do something, so now he's going to go do it. <laughs> and, like, it's an incredibly pretty movie because a lot of the time they were shooting at dawn or at dusk during Magic Hour. Mm-hmm. And they did that out of respect for what Tony Scott had done in the original. Um, yeah. Of course, Tony Scott, masterful filmmaker. He made the Top Gun movies. He made, um, like, Man on Fire. He also made The Hunger with David Bowie. Uh, which we one reviewed, of my uh, favorites, one of your favorites, <laughs> and he he's brother of Ridley Scott, and he tragically killed himself uh, a number of years ago, and that was because they were cooking up the sequel at that point. Mm. And Tom Cruise has been very open um, about the fact that like they were waiting, he was waiting until they had a story that felt that they could do in honor of Tony Scott and in honor of the way he did it. But also, somebody asked him years and years ago why. They didn't do a Top Gun sequel like right away, right after the first one. And Tom Cruise said, in a way that movie stars don't talk like this anymore, but he said that back then, he's just like, well, if we do a Top Gun 2 at the time, it will, it has to be World War 3. Because you can't start to keep on shooting down other people mm. without it being a war. You know, you can't, you know, that's, the whole mechanism is there in, in school they shot down supposedly Russians at the end of the first movie. And the only way that they can keep on having Russians to shoot down is by having a... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's really interesting that he was that like politically conscious to be like, well, we can't have a second movie because it would be World War Three. It'd have to be, you know, it'd be a major conflict. So who did they shoot down in this one? Uh, uh, fifth generation fighters. <laughs> uh I guess according to the internet, and this movie has a ton of trivia. If you're into trivia on IMDb, this one has like, you know, half an hour worth of trivia. I like 200 items of trivia, 120 items. Um, but he, but they shoot down Russians. Mm. Is who they're shooting down? Rogue state Russians. I should probably know that from watching the film. They never say it. <laughs> oh, okay. You, you only know it by the kind of planes they use and mm. the kind of markings their planes have. Oh, okay. That's why I missed it. Uh-huh. Yeah. They never say. Okay. They just say you're kind of a rogue state, rogue nation. Um, and it's tricky. It's, you know, it's a tricky thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess uh, I was listening to Joseph Kaczynski, who is the, let me just make sure I have his name cor- correctly. I think that's his name. Joseph Kaczynski, uh, the director of this movie, um, says that like at the beginning of every day, him and Tom Cruise would get together and they'd talk about what they're about to film. And where the cameras are going to be. So Tom Cruise would like really hands on. I mean, I think that a lot of actors sometimes feel like they're not filmmakers. Mm-hmm. I think that Tom Cruise, the real, the, the, the top level, real, real actors in, in major motion pictures are filmmakers. Like yeah. Tom Cruise cares. Yeah, he understands. I mean, he's been working in this business for so long and cares so much about it that he's very invested in an, probably most aspects of the film. I mean, and he's such a huge star that, like, if he's putting his name on something, it has to be up to a certain standard, I I believe. He 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 definitely holds into the standard. And, I mean, late stage um, Mission Impossible, like the most recent one, Fallout, is also, they feel cut from the same cloth. It feels like he's very hands-on. I mean, the guy was in his late 50s when he made that movie, jumps off a roof in Paris, like, he's doing most of the stunts himself, breaks his ankle, and keeps on running. Crazy. Like, you know, like, the guy's just very committed to, to, like, I think Steven, there's, you know, at the Oscars luncheon, Steven Spielberg, 
there's a famous clip now that Steven Spielberg was talking to Tom Cruise. And of course, they made two movies together, War of the Worlds and Minority Report. Um, I like both those movies. I like Minority Report a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, War of the Worlds is fine. But uh, Steven, Spiel- Steven Spielberg, in full view of the cameras, knowingly, said to Tom Cruise that he, you saved theatrical re- release with Top Gun. And I really feel mm-hmm. like he did. I mean, I went and saw Fallout in theaters. So, like, I feel like Tom Cruise gets butts in the seats. Yeah. For better or for worse. I mean, as you were listing off some films, I realized that I've seen a lot of Tom Cruise action films. And I'm not a huge action film person. Like, I'll watch them if they're on and you're watching them. But right. I think, yeah, you're right. Actually, most of... I've seen a good chunk of the Tom Cruise ones and... I don't really know why, if it's because of him or the filmmakers that he works with, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he is, um, I think it's really interesting that he, because most people like Quentin Tarantino is going to stop making movies when he's 60. Like he's going to make one more mm-hmm. and he's announced it's about a movie critic, whatever. Um, for now. But like, I think a lot of people, a lot of filmmakers do slow down into their 60s. A lot of actors. I mean, look at Robert De Niro's career. When he was in his 60s, he was starting to do, like, the Meet the Parents movies. And those are fine movies. And, like, but, like, at 60, Tom Cruise cares more than ever. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's his unique personality. Yeah. (laughs) But, no, it's true. And I think actors should choose to slow down in their 60s if they want to. (laughs) No, no, no. It's not like faulting Robert De Niro or any other actor. Yeah. Al Pacino. But, like, Tom Cruise... Probably it was micromanaging these people, <laughs> but he's making the movie in space. He's you know making another Oblivion movie or uh, not Oblivion, um, another uh, Eat Die Repeat movie. Eat, yeah, I think that's what uh, Die, Fight Die. I trust you. Something. I just don't know if I've heard of that one. Uh, yeah, uh, trust me. Um, <laughs> believe. Um, I mean, what do you what do you think of Tom Cruise? Um, he's also from upstate New York. Oh, hey. No, I think I think I agree with a lot of the things that you've said about him and he's been in a lot of good drama movies that we've enjoyed like Magnolia, he's great in that. Mm-hmm. So he's just he has this intensity in it. It works for him in the sense that he can apply his craft to different types of movies and I think he just really enjoys action. He likes doing the stunts. That's his thing. I mean, you you know, psychoanalyzing the man, he, he probably has an adrenaline oh, yeah. junkie problem. <laughs> it's Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat. So it's the sequel oh, to wow. Live, Die, and Repeat, which has been announced but not coming out. He's making both of the Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 and 2 back-to-back. And then there's the untitled Tom Cruise SpaceX project, Ooh. where he's filming in space, essentially. SpaceX. Is he really going to film in space? Yeah, low, like high at, high atmosphere. Like okay, yeah. in space. Definitely an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> Confirmed. I mean, but they make the cameras make strides to make it happen. Like Sony helped develop the cameras that could fit in the cockpit for mm. these. Like, you know, everything is like he is truly we we talk about how great Stanley Kubrick is. We talk about how great for pushing and creating new cameras, and we talk about, you know, filmmakers who like invent new things to make it happen. Like James Cameron. Like James Cameron. Mm-hmm. But like Tom Cruise is an actor, like he doesn't you know, he right. is just like, I want this to happen, whatever it costs, whatever it, this needs to happen, this because this is what I want. That is truly auteur, auteur, but no one was going to call Tom Cruise an auteur. But it's really interesting to think of him that way. Cause, That's true. 
at least recently, that's what he cares about. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that either. So that's interesting. Voila. Wow. Yeah, so I, my last thing on my Tom Cruise gushing is, um, you know, he's really good friends with Paul Thomas Anderson. And Paul Thomas Anderson, of course, made The Master, which is kind of an indictment of Scientology. Um, yeah, is he still a part of that mm-hmm. club? Yep, he's still a part of that club. <laughs> that that part I disagree with. <laughs> but I think, it, he, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson once said that he's like really excited for when Tom Cruise decides he wants to be done making action movies. He thinks that like what comes after the action movies, which will probably be dramas, will be really interesting because Tom Cruise is a master actor, you know. Mm-hmm. I think, and that's what Paul Thomas Anderson feels. So I feel like there could be a movie in the future with Paul Thomas Anderson directing and Tom Cruise acting. That is really, really, um, really interesting. Like a really, I mean, yeah, that know, would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so moving along to our mailbag. Oh wait, we didn't rate it. Oh, we have to rate it. So remind me of our rating system again. Um, it is watch it, skip it, buy it. For those who buy things on DVD or Blu-ray. <laughs> Coming soon, you all want to buy things again. <laughs> right, because then you can if things keep it forever. If things disappear from streaming. What are you gonna do? Exactly. Well, okay. this one, I think I would just watch it yeah just watch it um if if a version had like director's commentary that would probably be the occasion for me to watch it again or if it was on somewhere and like like say your dad was watching it or my brother was watching it, i'd watch it again i don't necessarily need to watch it again so i'd probably say watch it mm-hmm. maybe buy it but buy it if it had director's commentary yeah or making up <laughs> yeah like yeah. you know something interesting behind the scenes of how they did it yeah this movie is not this movie is not graceful. This movie is heavy-handed. This is a bull in the china shop of narrative filmmaking. Was it fun watching it with me, someone who's only seen the first Top Gun once barely paying attention eight years ago? <laughs> <laughs> when you put it like that. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for indulging me on the uh, Top Gun front. You're welcome. No, it was it was a very pretty movie. I had a good time. I laughed. There was... Maybe unintentionally. Instead of a volleyball scene, a football scene. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway. Mailbag. Um, mailbag. Mailbag. Um, okay, so this one comes from I Need a Drink. A- oh, wow. A-N-I-D-A. They submitted two, two questions. Well, they submitted three questions, but one was just just profanity. <laughs> um, so if you have a question, you two can submit one on our website, obscurebroadcastingcompany.com. Use the contact form. Put in podcast in the title. You know who you are. Um, so Our biggest fans. All of them. All of them. Uh, yeah. If you got all of our fans in one room, you might need to order two pizzas. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go ahead. What, what, that's the dog trying to come in. And... Okay. Um, okay. So here we go. Our question is, um, <clears throat> what filmmaking technique do you love and when it shows up in movies you get excited by it hmm i'm paraphrasing the question ah um i can go first on this yeah go first because i don't really so i get super jazzed by two effects that are kind of achieved a similar way um when they're done really well one is a spike lee trademark which is the double dolly shot where someone is moving through a scene and they achieve it by the actor standing on a dolly and on track and the camera standing on dolly on track and they move together 
So it appears the actor's kind of floating through the scene. It happens a lot in Spike Lee movies. Do the right thing, Mo Better Blues, Malcolm X. It's, it basically happens in every single one nowadays. Um, I also, well, I'm going to go with three. Three effects. But the second one, which is similar to that one, is the dolly zoom. Famously done in, in Vertigo to like make that where the background seems to stay in the same place, but the space kind of changes. Mm-hmm. Famously done also in Jaws when the shark attack happens and Roy Schneider sitting in the chair. Oh, yeah, that's where you're one. where you're either zooming the camera in and push pulling the camera like out like it's happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the, my favorite one of all time is in Goodfellas when they're sitting in the cafe and it's really, really slow and it's Robert De Niro and Roy Liotta and the relationship between the two characters is changing and it's slowly pushing in and zooming out or vice versa. And it's like, yeah, it's very Ooh, well done. I'm not sure if I noticed that one. It's great. I'll have to look. Yeah. Next Christmas when we watch that film. Yep. <laughs> um, I could have guessed the double dally was yours. <laughs> I figured. I think mine is a little bit more like broad or subtle. I think I just really appreciate simple filmmaking in the sense that two things, like either you let, there's not like a lot of cuts and you let the actors act and maybe there's some camera movement to follow them or maybe there's a slight dolly in, dolly out. You know, a lot of like, old school Hollywood films would do this because that was just how they had to shoot things. And I really appreciate that because you get to like live in the moment with the actors a little bit more. You're not cutting a billion times, like cut, 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 which has its place in a different movie, like different films, different vibes, but like dramas, especially and thrillers. I appreciate the like slow staying on the actors, staying in the, the moment. Um, Or similarly, like, structuring in a way that is very like I don't know if linear is the word but very constructed like you start in like a wider shot and you hold in that shot until you move into a medium and you hold in that medium until you move into the close and you don't go backwards maybe at the end of the scene you go back to the wide but um Mike Lee does this a lot and particularly one scene in the movie Naked that I love so much and it's so Mm -hmm. simple but he's talking to the security guard and they're just having a very extended conversation and they film it in this way and I don't know it's just it brings you in as their conversation gets deeper you're getting closer and you don't notice it at first but like you're it's like that leaning in like with horror films like when you hear like a little tiny noise and you're like leaning in leaning in it does the same thing visually so mine is like less flashy but it's what i gravitate towards yeah it's what i like editing yeah the scene that you're talking about in naked is between the security guard and david thulis yes yeah it's a it's a scene that is kind of a masterclass and 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 that kind of filmmaking is really interesting um, my other one just for bonus and i know i'm gonna say this one because i know you don't like it is the uh snorri cam <laughs> Where the camera is fixed to a car- an actor and like it's moving with them, it's used very nobly in *Requiem for a Dream*. Is mm-hmm. what it's best known for. Um, I don't hate but it, it, but it turns up in like you know it was in *Lost* an episode of *Lost* the other day, and like you know uh-huh. it, it happens every now and then. It's really disorienting, but I think it's a really interesting effect. And we don't, of course, have a snorri can because kind of an expensive thing to own for like a trick shot. Mm-hmm. But it's something that I always like. I kind of like when it's used really well. I love it in Requiem for a Dream. I think maybe that's why I don't like it in a lot of other films is because 
I just associate it with that film because they do it so well that I'm like, eh, in every other film, I'm like, it's not as good. <laughs> right, right. Um, but actually, he, Darren, Aaron, Aronofsky. Oh, I can never say his last name. Darren Aronofsky, he has some really interesting visual language. Like, there's that in that film. There's, you know, what he does in Black Swan, which is like a lot more close-ups, um, a lot of movement. Um, I know he didn't like... I know he's referencing the film Red Shoes when he does the spin with the camera mm-hmm, and she's mm-hmm. like doing, I don't know the official term, like the tour. A pirouette. A pirouette. Um, and the camera is spinning too and that's just so great. And then the whole way Mother was shot, like handheld, um, which we don't always love handheld, but in that film, I think it's perfect because it just makes you feel unsettled. And it's so No in- masters intense. in the entire movie. Yeah, it's so intensely choreographed. Um the Safdie brothers do, do that in uh, Good Times. Good Time. Good Time. Yeah. As well. Like, I remember coming out of that film and being like, I really wanted a wide shot. I desperately wanted a wide shot. And there wasn't anything until, like, the helicopter shot. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and, it's such, and it's such an arresting feeling when that moment happens. Yeah. And it was perfect. I mean, I don't think they should have done a wide shot. The, just the feeling of being claustrophobic and on edge. Yeah, so I guess that would be my second one is those kinds of techniques that are really just like making you feel a certain way by the way they film it. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's been a mailbag. Uh, Hope your answers satisfy our answers satisfy you. (laughs) If they don't, I guess, uh, sorry. That's okay. That's okay. You should like and subscribe anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, that's been Top Gun. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Bye.